Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. So, the whole, obviously we just got done watching the whole video, but I just want to take time to highlight some things to send us into the week, um, and I can hand out these are just um, supplements uh, to be able to activate. So like when they're talking about couch time, there's a handout that's going around for you to be able to document couch time. And then one of your couch times can be this questionnaire, which is evaluating your relationship. That's always a fun one. <laughs> We, you guys know, we periodically do that on date nights in general. Remember when he told the story on a scale from one to ten? What are you at? And then I gave a number, and then I, then he gave a number, and we were like not together at all. So we kind of use this evaluation uh, thing quite often when we do date nights. So it doesn't have to just be this week. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to highlight something in the beginning of the chapter. I thought that this was super significant. Um, it's talking about that it says the family is the prior, the primary social unit of every society, one worth protecting and keeping. And then it goes into um, that these matters are discussed in scripture. If you violate the principles, you yeah. forfeit the blessings. Yeah. So when we're listening about this, remember this is a precursor to us receiving his instructions yeah. in all areas. Right? He wants to instruct us on how we eat. Yeah. He wants to instruct us on what we wear. He wants to instruct us on how we respond, how yeah. we act. Right? But he also yeah. has instructions, uh, you know, with you know, with families and marriages. And this is just what we're focusing on. But I just thought that that was interesting. That if you violate the principles, you forfeit the blessings. Yeah. When you embrace his commandments, the blessings of joy, the blessings of joy and fulfillment will be yours. Yeah. So it's just. It's just such a, I mean, this is right beginnings. So even when he's talking about singles, you know, thinking about right beginnings is embracing his principles. Yeah. We're after his principles. Yeah. So again, couch time is not a law, but couch time is an opportunity to express the commandment of everything that they're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to look a certain way, but it's a practical application of how to implement the family structure within your household to make sure that the principle is that the marriage is first and not the other way around. So it's an it's a it's a way to safeguard not being child centered. Right? So the principle or the commandment is that husband and wife relationship is first, children are an expansion and not the center. So then how in your family do you want to implement that? It could look several different ways. This is one application of what that could look like. And that's just super important moving forward as we begin to dissect the commandments because how you walk them out may look different in every family, but the foundational principle and truth is what he's after. Um, I do want to talk, I don't feel like we need to get too much into it when, when he's talking about Genesis and male and female, but I do want to say this. What hit me this time reading this is this powerful concept that man knew how to worship something and he knew how to rule over something. Yeah. 
until the wife came along. And it was the first lateral relationship that ever existed. I say that because, well, I'm the head and I'm over or lo like loving your wife, like don't, you don't worship your wife yeah. and yeah. you don't rule over yeah. Yeah. And, and vice versa yeah. Yeah. because it is the first equal relationship biblically because yeah. up until that point everything was established that man was to rule over or to be under in worship and when when female came along it was an equal relationship now let me preface that another way before we get into well this is a real thing in husband and wife well I feel like I'm the one leading well no I'm leading right like yeah. there could be this back and forth of like well, who's leading in what? And are you leading spiritually? And why do I feel like I'm, like, who's the head, right? Who's the head? Okay. When you get into all of that, stop. Take a step back and ask before you're, I guess what I'm trying to say is before you argue whether or not I'm leading or he's leading, because the reality is we're equal, take a step back and ask if your kids are leading. Because sometimes we focus so much on who's the head and who's under and who's my covering, and we never once talk about you are over your kids. So the whole time you're arguing about who's the leader, your kids are off leading your family. Yeah, that's really good. Right? I mean, we're focusing on how to establish our roles all while the kids are like, they're the center of attention. And and it's the biggest thing that we focus on in church culture of should yeah. women lead and what about this? It's like your kids are leading the entire congregation yeah. because of how you yeah. know, does that make sense? So yes. so just be thinking about that concept when it comes time to the to the uh, male and female. The other thing I want to speak to about male and female is uh, something that I'm just dabbing in and studying. When it says in Hebrew uh, that female was taken out of his rib that the word rib actually means side. And so the picture is the best way to, this is this has been one of the most profound, because sometimes it's hard for me to understand the rib coming out of the rib and then female was created. It's very significant that he did not make another being. When you read Genesis 1, he is male and female. That means female was created in Genesis 1. She yeah. just manifested in Genesis 2. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah. this would be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I understand that Adam had the epiphany he was alone. Yeah. But Yahweh in Genesis 1, he was never technically alone because he had both male and female in him in Genesis 1. Okay. When you think about him being pulled from the side, think about a child in the womb. What happens? You have sperm and egg. I'm going to probably say this wrong. And you have one embryo that begins to divide in identical cells. Right. That's literally what happened with male and female. It's one embryo has everything that is needed in that one thing, and then a duplication of cells began to multiply. When you think of a picture of an embryo, that first division or that first separation to create two cells is what happened between male and female. So just to kind of like, again, just to instill that importance, if there is no separation. Are you saying like 
so then male is still male, female, and female that was created is still female, male? Well, yes, male and female. We okay. are. That's why neither male nor female. Okay. But we manifest the characteristics of female roles and male characteristics for male roles. The, the purpose of all of this is to know that your children do not have the fullness of Yahweh without male and female. If you're only fathering, they do not have the aspect of female. And if you're only mothering, they do not have the aspect of father. So the established relationship being before an expansion can happen, both Yahweh and Ruach has got to be a, a part of this. And same with single families. It's, it's the same thing. You don't want to only mother. I mean, you are a mother. But Yahweh is going to give wisdom on how to father. You yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. You would know inherently when you're single that that they need both. And yeah. so it's just knowing that what is inside of me is both male and female, and I carry that. But then it can be it's manifested in roles. Yeah. And when you're married, there's that's why he was saying Yahweh has grace to be able to manifest manifest that. When we're married, I don't have to manifest the father role. Yeah. He yeah. is the father role. But the, but the kids need both because that's the picture of Yahweh. That's the picture of that established relationship. Yeah. Good. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, uh, okay. There was so much. Okay, so that's kind of all I wanted to talk about with Adam and Eve. I really want to focus on child-centered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you can you can tell. This is just so powerful because we don't want to be a people that set apart and say we're Torah observant and then have child-centered families because then you literally just demolish the establishment of Genesis one and two, which is the beginning. So we have to remember that as we get into conversations of what does being Torah observant look like and eating pork or not eating pork. Let's, that's why we're taking a step back and recognizing that what we need to focus on is more importantly than those things right now is making sure that the kids are not leading the way. And I don't mean that that doesn't mean that the children aren't going to go farther and all that kind of stuff, but there is a biblical principle that my job is to govern and be the authority in my children's lives until they can govern themselves. And if that's out of order, there is a plethora of things that begin to happen that just begins to break down the family unit and continually breaks down his original intent. So it wouldn't make sense to get into the details of anything beyond Genesis 1 and 2 if we don't understand that it is good at male and female. It is good at Sarah and Yahweh. Yeah. Shiloh yeah. is an expansion of that relationship, not right. the center yeah. of that relationship. Yeah. Okay. And that is huge because it's it's hard when you're parenting because it's like practically my all is going into that, right. which is why that's why it's so easy for the enemy to derail us that we have to be able to practically implement what does it look like to show our kids that this is first. Yeah. And I love how we said, great, you don't fight, you don't argue, awesome. There's a lot more to just having a um, I'm trying to think of how to say that. Kind of like how you grow up. Like he never saw them fight, but there wasn't necessarily peace that they had a partnership in the way that that he needed to be able to build on confidence. Yeah. 
right? So it's a lot more than just working on things. It also does not mean you cannot fight yeah. in front yeah. of your kids. Yeah. He made a pretty big statement when he yeah. said, do you remember when you were little and your parents were fighting? And I'm over here like, yes, our kids hear us get at it. Yeah. But they hear us restore it. Yeah. yeah. They hear us work it out. Don't yeah. falsify something to your kids. Because yeah. they're going to have a rude awakening when they have to get married. Yeah. yeah. And even when it's with, I mean, even if you're in a relationship with Yahweh, there's sure. going to be those times where it's yeah. like, I, you know, yeah. and yeah. then making sure that you're, that you're, you're bringing about the resolution is just as significant as not doing it at all. Yeah. Or more significant than just not doing it at all. Yeah. Okay. Because you're giving them the skills of how to work through that. Okay. So child-centered parenting. Um, I mean, obviously, he, he talked about all of this stuff, but just a couple of things. Um, I've said it. I'm just going to say it a little bit different. But when the children become the center of the home, they become the head. So that's what I was getting at. If we're going to be talking about who's the head, if the children are the center, they become the head of the house, and it is out of order, and it's not his divine position. It's not his divine place. That is the breakdown of family, is is the child becoming the head. Okay? Um, think about that, that, that powerful statement that says, what God has joined together, let no man separate, and yet our kids are the first to separate. And it is extremely significant to hear that they will do anything they can yeah. to get attention yeah. because they know that if they can cause somewhat of a separation, that they're, that you're going to work together on it, at least something. So it's not just with sleeping at night. It could manifest in a plethora of manifestations in our children because they know that that's the one time that mom and dad are going to come together and are going to deal with this. That's them being the head. Okay. Um, uh, this is kind of the the bomb that I said beforehand. That's super hard. Um, when I say you can. Uh, when I'm worshiping Yahweh, now I'm not saying that when I worship Yahweh, I don't have accountability. But when I'm alone worshiping Yahweh, there's there's still stuff I can hide from. Okay? When I'm ruling over my garden or my kids, there's not a. I'm not saying that things aren't revealed in that, but there's there, I'm not being exposed. I'm not being accountable in that. The only place of accountability is in those lateral relationships. So when the children become the head, you lose accountability on becoming his image. Which is why I said that becoming a good parent is like the epitome of being able to hide. Because I'm not going to be, if I'm parenting, I'm not being revealed. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not being revealed, but I'm not being revealed with a lateral partner. I can, there's like a that's good. It's a, I, I can control this, and there's not, my kids are not supposed to be revealing things that carry his image like, like he would. It's not a covenant relationship. The nature of it is different. Yes. So my relationship with Jalen 
is going to go a certain direction. He's not going to expose my faults because I'm a, I can be a good mom. Not that I'm not saying that there's not exposure. But okay, let me say it this way. Exposure is going to come in parenting. If there's something that's going to be exposed, it's going to be in the context of parenting. But that's not my only relationship on this earth is to rule over. Right? If, when, if I'm in submission to Yahweh, I'm going to be exposed in some things, but it's in relationship to being a daughter. He's fixing those things as a daughter. The only one that can expose a lateral relationship for me to be the bride of Christ yeah. is going to be exposed through this relationship. So when the children become the head, ultimately what's happening is you're cutting off the ability to be ironed out or sharpened to actually be the remnant bride. So if our focus is the fruit, then we've stopped the process of us being refined. If you continually put this first, then you're constantly being refined. Your fruit will be an expression of that refinement versus hiding from the refinement and just glorifying in the fruit. Dang. That's good. All right. So the, I mean, this is the problem with child-centered because it because it it undermines the family unit, but then ultimately it undermines the whole rem, the remnant, the bigger vision of what of what he's after. It, and it's it's hard to to me. It was super powerful when he said he could have started with a mother and daughter, but he chose a husband and wife. Yeah. Now it's cyclical. The first relationship is husband and wife. Okay. So this is first. But also remember that in the establishment of this being first, then before children can leave, like before children can cleave to another, they have to be raised. So it's cyclical. So when you're when you're Is that does that make sense? Like it's hard. To, like in the beginning, it was just husband and wife, and that is the foundation. But the purpose of this being solid is that when you raise your children, they need to know that this is solid because they can't leave and cleave to begin their nucleus and then be the head of that unit if they don't have that example that this was first. Yeah. Meaning there's a premature funnel. If they're the head at a young age, then they're always the head. It's Then their marriage st- starts off out of order and just yeah. begins the whole cycle again. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I'm just trying to talk about at creation, it can get hard because we're, you know, thousands of years post-creation, so it's cyclical because, yes, this is first, but at the same time, to my kids, being a son is first. Yeah. Yeah. Be, you, right. you cannot be a husband if you're not a son. Adam was a son. Right. But the yeah. first relationship that was a lateral relationship where there was this equal part was in husband and wife, which is why it is so important for the establishment of family that this is first, but that children are the expansion of that so that sonship can be rooted in the head. Because Adam was a son to a mother and father, yeah. both male and female. In Yahweh. Yeah. So you can't leave and cleave if you don't have that established. So 
I just I wanted I just kind of wanted to throw that out there because obviously we talk very highly about sonship and sonship is first. Yeah. But the purpose of me saying that sonship is first is that it's an obvious that the foundation of what we're sons to right. has yeah. been established and in right order. Yeah. If you become a man or you're operating in covenant relationship outside of order and you have not been raised as a son, then ultimately most likely that's pointing to the husband and wife is not in order. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it points back to us, Mike. Really yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. It, it basically it reverses the natural process of moral development. Obviously, it creates self-reliance. Um, that there's definitely that whole aspect of meism. We're def, you know, we're, now we're not a team. If your kids become the center of attention, you are literally creating the opposite of the gospel. The purpose of husband and wife is to be able to serve one another to be able to serve others. Yeah. If your children become the center, then they don't have the ability, ability to concept what others, other-oriented means, which is the foundation of our gospel. Yeah. You're, you're growing into selfish independence. It's a lonely road. doesn't seem lonely when you're giving them everything. But ultimately, when they become super self-reliant and they're independent, then it actually creates an internal loneliness. Um, you're, you're, you're creating an atmosphere that whatever the child can get out of relationships rather than what they can give. So then you're talking about loyalty here. Your children will be loyal to the extent of what they can gain, not loyal because of what they can give and what they've invested. You're training your kids to not be investors but takers. And that is an opposite kingdom principle as well because we are to be investors and not takers. So you have to be thinking about these things in a practical manner, which we'll get into next week when we ask questions. Okay, how do I not be child-centered, yeah. right? It, that's going to be a whole different ballgame, but I want to instill some of these principles. Why do we want to untwist this? Because what we don't want is A, B, and C, right? Yeah. Um, uh, this is number four. This one's a difficult one, but with child-centered parenting, the standard is perceived to be the problem. So the standard is the issue, not what we're not the way we're parenting or the or the child. It's the standard. It becomes the issue. So again, there's that blame that the standard based and and you hear that in in uh, you hear that in adults today when we even talk about Torah. Well, that's not obtainable. The standard now is the issue. Where we blame the standard as being the issue because God forbid there be a standard. Right? So you can see you can see it in you and how you are with him. If you think that your if your revelation this week is just that you've been child centered, you've been expecting Yahweh to be child centered parent, then you might have a wrong filter of a father that's not the true father because he doesn't raise child-centered kids that get whatever they want and can demand whatever they want right right yeah okay that's good. um child-centered parenting for some comes um th- th- this child-centered parenting essentially is a form of idolatry yeah. you've created in yourself the ability to idolize what's in front of you and in turn they idolize you 
And so then now you've got this codependent relationship of how awesome you are not being reflected in any other relationship. So just to be aware that child-centeredness is not just, hey, you guys, this is a really cool concept. Your kids will be good at the age of 17 if you're not child-centered. This is, we're trying to break the back of idolatry. And we see it in culture. Like, it has amplified over the last 15 years of doing this. I had, I never thought 15 years later I would see such a child-centered generation. Yeah. I mean, kids nowadays, I mean... Who was I just talking to about that? Oh, kids nowadays are, somebody expected their uh, employee to answer the phone with a smile. And their response was, that will require more money. <laughs> and it's not abnormal in schools. You know you know what I mean? Like, we've got to, yeah, so, yeah, all right. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, just just a warning if you do not place if you do not put authority over your children someone else will yeah, yeah so okay. be that place of authority I'm speaking to the passive parents I'm the, I'm more of the passive one and recognizing that some I, I, I will parent out of uh, feelings or emotion and not wanting to lay down the boundaries but ultimately if I don't do it someone else is going to for me and it's safer if I do it in-house than it happening out of the house yeah Okay. Um, there's one more thing. Okay. These are things that we've talked about before, but basically when you have children, life does not stop. Remembering that you are a daughter, you're a sister, you're a wife, you're a son, you're a friend. Those things are important. I think we do this really well in this family. There's examples of have people over at your home. Yes, stop your entire calendar to make sure that you can invest in other people. You clean the house, you get ready. Well, mom, I have sports, I don't care. You lay things down for other people, you know, being able to instill those things. I think that, you know, I think that we do great with those things. Making sure that you're doing date nights, um, keep doing those special things, and then incorporating a couch time is just one practical example. And again, like he said, most of our couch time, typically, it just seems to make the most sense where it's at night after everyone's in bed. That doesn't count. That's our management meeting. Couch time is not your management meeting. I don't know how many of you guys have that, but I, I, I strongly suggest you do it. We personally do it on Sunday night. We call it our governmental command meetings. We get together and we just go through our whole week. We go through our calendar. We go through who's doing this, who's driving there to just set the tone for the week. I'm not ta- that is not couch time. Couch time is not talking about the kids. It's not. It can be talking about how your day went, but for the most part, you're just investing in one another. You're not necessarily updating one another. Because if your kids are watching you do couch time, and the only thing I'm talking about is my kids, then I just I I'm implementing something that's not necessarily reversing what they're seeing. So again, couch time doesn't necessarily mean literal. It just means while the kids are able to see you invest in one another, even if it's just, it's literally just 10, 15 minutes a day to be able to focus. And like he said, even with devotions, it doesn't mean that you're not doing devotions, but doing it in a place where you're doing devotions, but your child's not a part of that either. So like couch time is not us sitting here and all the kids are watching us. 
but they're aware of what we're doing. So if you're doing devotions, it's being able to set up a place where, you know, like with Shiloh, it's you're, you're, you know, you're doing something with Yahweh, and she has something that she can be doing while she's watching you, but she's not necessarily a part of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like your kids aren't a part of it, but they need to be around enough. You're not saying, go to your room. Yeah. They need to be able to, you know, one of the examples that was in here was the kids began to serve their parents. When they knew that it was couch time, the kids would make them something, bring them coffee, you know, would begin to establish an atmosphere for their parents, and they love doing that because it's something that's it's secure for them. So they want to serve in that. So let them serve in that. Um, just a couple of things that I think bring big perspective from the chapter that was just, like, mentioned very quickly. I'm not sure if it's in your guys' chapter or not, but one distinction to be aware of is a lot of parents have, or people as individuals, have good motives, right? And good motives aren't enough, yeah. right? Because you can have a good motive and your method is wrong, right? So, and I would even say that if you're not aware of the method and all you're operating off of is a good motive, and this, and, and think about everything we've gone through up to this point as a family with respect to restoring the original intent and the Torah, right? Because so much of religion and Christianity is the motives are good, right? Maybe a leader's motive is good. Maybe your relationship with respect to Yahweh, your motive is like, well, I just love him, right? But you yeah. have no method whatsoever. Right. Or your method is so wrong that it's, that you think, like think about how the family dynamic according to scripture reaffirms what we've been teaching. Because if your motive is good, but your method is I can govern myself, meaning like I don't need the law, I can self-govern myself as a child of Yahweh. Right? And we and we learn we're learning that child centeredness and self governance is what destroys covenant intimacy think about the garden when when Yahweh said you can you have free reign just don't touch this one thing and they said they said ultimately no I can govern myself that's ultimately what the first sin was of self governance and so I want us to all think about not only your motive like I would almost even write it down somewhere in your house where you can see it this is my motive and make a make a you know make a line and put method on the other side and just so you can be aware of what are the things that I'm doing to achieve this motive right and you're either gonna find out like man I'm not all I have is a motive or you're gonna find out man this is my motive is to be a good parent but the, the methods I'm doing is I'm just constantly focusing on keeping my kid happy right or whatever it may be um, I think that would be a good exercise for all of us to do. And just to reinforce the and encourage the aspect of what is a single parent, what does this dynamic look like in a single parent household? And I think the best way that I can explain it, because I was getting convicted watching this video and he was talking about children having security when they see a tangible expression of intimacy. I was getting convicted that I don't know if I ever show my wife a tangible expression of my intimacy with him. 
So it, it, when he was talking about not sleeping, she struggled <laughs> with sleep, and I was like, kind of like, okay, well, maybe, right? Because it all goes, it's the same principle no matter what the structure of the family dynamic is. Right? So with a single parent household, you are the head of your house. Just like I'm the head of my house. And so if I don't provide that tangible expression of intimacy with the covenant relationship that I have, right, the primary one, then that's going to cause insecurity in my my other relationships. And so, man, the the method and the, the motive thing, I can tell you right now that if, if you explain that dynamic to all kinds of aspects of what you're involved in, I feel like you would start to be able to identify really what is the root of the problem that whatever that community might be facing or that organization or whatever. Um, I can think of being on the board at the rescue mission and the motives were always good. But I was the guy coming in saying, but the the method is yeah. wrong and it's not serving the end goal that we're all saying we're motivated by. Yeah. And that was not popular whatsoever. Right? Because like like Ellen said earlier, nobody likes to have a good heart and a good motive and you're you're doing your best to fulfill that motive, but you either don't have a method or your method is totally wrong and you don't like to right. be called out. Yeah. Right. So, um, just something to think about, like as we're we're walking through restoring our identity surrounding Torah. That yeah. essentially we can all ask for forgiveness in and of ourselves. That we have been thinking we can just govern ourselves. Yeah. Right. So. And then just to kind of swing it back to making sure we end the night. You know, we talked about child centeredness. Now he's talking about his relationship with Yahweh in, in our relationship, just to kind of, I just want to make sure I touch touch on this, that um, that when, when Adam, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because a lot of times we will minimize the relationship to a certain aspect of intimacy. You know, some people think that it's just physical. And I just want to make sure that we understand that he was not alone just physically with a partner, but he didn't have the ability for comprehension, communication, spiritually, right? You know, a lot of times we'll just kind of, you know, dumb down essentially that marriage is just, the only thing that separates me is intimacy in in the sexual arena or the physical arena, but it is also spiritual, trying to think where they was, spiritual, emotional, uh, socially and physically. So just to be thinking about that, because there was a quote in here that I thought was Super, I, I'm bringing this up to send us into couch time because a lot of times when we get into couch time um, or when we get into right beginnings, let me say that, when we begin to focus on the foundation, sometimes it's like, well, if it's not cracked, right? But what I want us to understand, this quote right here is, the, I'm going to say the glory in a Hebrew marriage is in accepting the lifelong task of making a continual adjustment within the disorder of human existence. And the foundation of that is through communication. So however long being married, you've committed yourself to a lifelong commitment of making adjustments to the disorder of human existence. So it's not just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom. Yeah. But at the same time, like, 
when Ellen, you know, going back to the beginning, when Ellen's like, I'm, I've watched a family do the work. It's easy to be able to have something happen and then just be good because you, it's a name it and claim it. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. we're good. But are you really, are you genuinely healed? Or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's that lifelong commitment of those little adjustments to oneness. Oneness physically, oneness emotionally, oneness spiritually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much. I mean, I could spend way long than, longer than couch time if we want to get into the intricacies yeah. of emotional health within our oneness. But if I'm not constantly investing in just talking about spiritual health, emotional health, I mean, that revelation about sleep is crazy. Yeah. Like, I want to constantly move glory to glory to glory in order to be established in that foundation because we're raising the next generation on that foundation, you know? So just wanted to, you know, I just loved how, you know, I, I guess I just never heard it that way. Adam was not alone. In the sense of, he was completely surrounded. He had a per <laughs> he had a perfect relationship with Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. He had a perfect yeah. relationship with Yahweh, and he still was alone. Yeah, yeah. He it's had like a perfect bachelor setup. He, he yeah. had it's like he could hunt. He could. Yeah. <laughs> he had every animal to govern over, and and he and he also had his creator. I mean, he was in union with his creator, and yet still. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that when I talk about those little adjustments, that's it's it's a lot to recognize that even in my perfect relationship with Yahweh and in my perfect relationship of governing other things, I could still be alone. Yeah. You know, and how how important that relationship is. So. That's really good. All right. That was chapter two. So we're gonna send you into evaluating relationships, establishing that couch time. Um and then we'll, you know, come with things that worked, didn't work, and questions for next week. And next week we will be getting into uh, basically love languages, which makes sense. We send you into couch time, and some of you may come back and be like, that sucked. <laughs> well, now we're going to talk about why you didn't hear each other. <laughs> because your love language is different. So, um, so anyways. And come talk to us if you didn't get the stuff, the papers that were being passed around for some reason. Did I have enough? I can only get the go ahead. Um, I just have a really quick question. Because uh the capsule is still is it still necessary like at my age? Like should I should they still be working on that or us? Are you in are you living with them? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean well, yeah, I, I mean probably still I mean, well, yes. I mean, obviously, even when your kids are out of the house, right? The the even when your kids are out of the house. I mean, when I was engaged, I moved out of my parents' house, and my parents revealed to me that they were going to get a divorce after our wedding. They said we're putting on a show. That's the last night. We're done. And it devastated my world. And I was out of their home. So I mean, even out of the house. Whatever it looks like, whether couch time matters if you're there or not, it's more of the establishment of knowing that they're doing the work. My parents' marriage was redeemed. They're still married. Jay, do you mind grabbing the trigger bottle? Where did I? Okay. Um, 
Alright, so there's a Bible verse obviously that I've been, uh, well, an entire Bible uh, chapter that's been a little interesting for me to study, uh, Leviticus 27, but the, the thing that's important that I want to share, obviously, as we're learning about um, things being optional, or, or, or thinking of things being optional, so there's verse 30 just says, all the tithe of the land, whether from the seed of the land, from the seed of the land, or the fruit of the trees, belongs to Adonai, or, or is holy to Adonai. And belongs was stood out to me only because as a family pursuing truth and pursuing what is uh, collectively the fullness, we were learning that things are not as optional as we may have thought they were. Uh, yeah. That they are. There are <laughs> blessings that come with things that we, we don't get to choose what rules we like or don't like. It, it stood out to me, and I had been listening at the same time to uh, a guy, John Lovell, was interviewed on a podcast, and there's something really powerful he shared. Well, it grabbed my attention. One, because he compared shotgun to a, a sniper rifle. And that obviously will grab my attention, but if you only live 10 years, it doesn't matter what, just shoot and get a couple things right. Versus if you had an 80-year lifespan or if you had an eternal lifespan, then precision would be very vital, very important, narrow, focused, like finding what the real truth is. And so I know within religion there, there's common like 20% tithes and that carries the other 80. That's not our family. We are yeah. a family pursuing truth. We understand that that when he says that word, belong to Adonai, uh -huh. that kind of clears the option off the table. It's it. And, it's it. yeah. and it's something that as followers of the way, we're, we're pursuing, we're believing. And so I just wanted to share that little nugget. Well, it's probably looking for me, but um, as we pass around these nuggets are getting so intense we could spend like an entire nugget season on one nugget. I know. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say in closing tonight is I don't even know how to close because <laughs> it feels like there are so many deep, deep revelations and truths that Yahweh is like, and this, and this, and this. And when we gave Yahweh permission to father and we gave our permission to brother and they said we welcome and we receive you spirit of truth and we welcome and receive you and we give you permission Yahweh to father it was like alright then let's go and so it just it just feels so cool doesn't it yeah. feel like we are I mean the level of being raised up to this point has already been so incredible that we are here, you know, that we've, that we've been entrusted with with the releasing of the fullness of access in truth and in fathering and mothering, that it's, I can't believe how much more, how much more there is. Um, I did hear a couple in all of this, I, I'm sure that we're all taking home so many different aspects of things that that you know are individual to our to our processes, to our households, um, to our relationship with Yahweh and with that spirit of truth, um, our kids, our parenting, um, all of those different things. 
but as a family, there were a couple specific things I heard to make sure that we keep our hearts and our minds in order moving forward. So there were there were a couple. All right, one was. Um, so Yahweh was really speaking to order tonight, and I'm sure yeah, you guys yeah, heard yeah. that very yeah. loud and clear, and it's yeah. kind of like a, I hope that it was so loud and clear that you're kind of trembling a little bit, because I'm definitely, definitely trembling, I feel shaky, I feel achy, um, in, in the order that Yahweh is bringing to things, not just in yeah. your households, but literally yeah. to his household. Yeah. Right. There is an order right. that yeah. he is establishing, and it's yeah. like, you yeah. better follow. Yeah. You better yeah. follow that order. Um, and one of those aspects is when, when it was released last week that we don't have a right to an opinion. Did that irritate you? It's okay. <laughs> no? No opinion. Okay. <laughs> But but I just I just wanna I wanna add something to that because it is that word is all about order, okay? And um, when when he, again I don't know how he said it or how mom repeated it, but this is what I heard was don't step out of order with Yahweh. If you aren't characterized by first time obedience, you should not ask or challenge. Yeah. yeah. Are yeah. any of us in a place? where we have walked out a relationship of first-time obedience with Yahweh. No. Absolutely not. And the reason why we're not, not dismissing any of the yeses to invitations or any of the processes that we've submitted to to get here, I understand that to be a part of the remnant, you are already laid down lovers in pursuit. Yes, I am not. Don't don't be offended in, in that. But... But that if this is the first time that we have awakened to truth and that we are awakened to the truth that there have been instructions that we haven't had to follow or that we've dismissed for the entirety of our relationship with him, we haven't even had a chance to be obedient. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? So don't so make sure that what is in order is your mindset and your heart's position that you still, that you still, this is your first opportunity to obey. So as instruction comes, even though what's being released right now isn't necessarily Torah, we're not going through the law, but it is a preparation of instruction and it is all instruction that is biblical in nature. Right? right, that is coming right. from the way or his perspective, his standard on how we are to live, how we are to submit and follow, and how we are to raise. Yeah. Right? Okay, so we have no right to jump ahead at all when it comes to um, challenging or asking in what we're being led in. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. And right. nobody's exempt from that. Because <laughs> meaning like I I'm entering into a season like as as early as I don't know, maybe the month before we went on week like what is that, May? Where I'm I I have been characterized by yes and amen at all costs. And he's still pressing on me. Are you gonna do it the first time this time? Or is it gonna take you three years to figure it out? Because <laughs> I'm like 
in like 10 years or whatever it is. And he's saying things and it's like now. Yeah. And yeah, I'm having to yeah. learn like, yes, yeah, yes. like immediately. Okay. And it doesn't mean that I just move immediately in what I thought was it. My yes. point is none of us are exempt because yes. we're even being present in first time obedience. Not that we weren't obedient for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or the first time without grumbling and complaining. Yes. I was yeah. obedient when I received Kingdom Heirs. You guys all know my story. I grumbled and complained about you guys for three years. Yeah. 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 Like we are all learning how to operate in first time yes. obedience with joy, with receiving, yes. like not so having it's true. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes. I mean, just meaning like the, the times and the seasons are not just because. So when Megan says something as crazy as like none of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Like when she gets all crazy, <laughs> I'm like, I'm scared. You know? It's like, well, no, really, this is a new narrative. Yeah. We've never right. been in this yeah. place before. Right. As right. we were before. We've yes. been there before, but now we're in a new place. That's yes. a good thing. It's that spiral. Yes. You know? So yes. never to be offended by things like that. When it's yeah. like, well, you've never known for psychopedias. Yeah. His grace, or what good. is that? Uh, what is it for the rising of the sun? I'm not, I'm, I'm mixing scriptures right his mercies are new. I'm like, his grace is great in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, his mercies are new every, every day. is a new day for me to say, I never I never knew yeah. this. Yeah. And that's a, that's being a humble people. So just yeah. Yeah. throw that out there. That I don't want us to think like we haven't been obedient, but there's a press in like a new level of yes. that we've just never known before. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't known what you know now, then you didn't have the opportunity to yeah, right. 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 I mean, Hopefully we know more today than we yes, did. Yes, that's essentially what you know what he's speaking to. Yeah. Right? So don't discount yourself or remove yeah. yourself and thinking, well, I'm characterized by this when he's like, You've never known this. Yeah. So how could you be characterized by obedience? Right? Yeah. So just make yeah. sure that our hearts are in order as we're receiving. Okay. Um, so then the the next there's two more, that's it. But the, they kind of go hand in hand. So um, mom spoke to both of them, and I was feeling them very strongly. Um, and then when she added, even more so. When um, in the notes, it's uh, under introduction category B, and it talks about the premise. Uh, and the premise, as they write it, is the greatest overall influence that you're going to have in parenting will not come while you are in a role as a mother and a father but rather while you are enrolled in a role as a husband and a wife. Well, what is so powerful about what we're doing is that it is multidimensional, where we are learning how to lead and raise the next generation so that what's being done in us is sustainable and it doesn't die with us. But also, in order to do that, this is the order part, in order to do that, you, we, have to be mother and father first. So when mom is speaking right. to the fact that you can hide in parenting, a part of what of what she's releasing then is that if if you if your focus is only on raising the next generation and you are outside of the depths of covenant and intimacy with him, it's out of order, yeah. then Everything that you're toiling in to raise the next generation, next generation in, is outside of this covering anyway. Yeah. Right? It's it's yeah. out of order. So there's so that doesn't mean, of course, we have to do both. Right? We have we have to raise the next generation up, or there's nothing to transfer. The the the, the transfer doesn't happen. The baton passes. 
sending further. It doesn't happen. But if it's out of order, then there's a hiding in it. In I'm just, I'm just, I'm parenting. I'm parenting. I'm raising them up. Raising them into what? Raising them from where? Yeah. Right. It it has to come in order. So that check in us this week and just ongoing in general as we're just granting Yahweh permission to fully father and we're just now not irritated somewhat working through it that spirit of truth right then then there is so much more for us to be parented in in order to successfully raise the next generation so so then with that when we go home and even when we're talking about things like child centeredness remember that you we have been the child-centered bride. That is what we are shifting the bride out of being characterized by. That's what entitlement is. That's what selfishness is. That's what all of those things that we've been characterized by because we were raised in man's tradition outside of his authority. So we, we had this false authority over us, right, that, that raised us. And so it allowed us or fed us. I mean, that's something we even talked about when we came out of religion was, I just need to keep you here. So I'm just going to keep, like, feeding you and enabling you. And it's okay that you're selfish and it's okay that you stay here because, right, all of those different dynamics that we've had to walk out of and break yeah. free from, Yeah. that, 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 chi- that, that child-centeredness um, is something that that we will have to if that's something that demolishes the in the beginning and our responsibility as tra- as transitionaries is to restore yeah, the bride right back. back to his original intent yeah then before hopefully that's okay to say when again you are being parented as well so don't start you know setting your kids in order and you're like well I'm you know, I'm fine, but you guys are all, you're, you're out of order. Make sure that you are in order, that you have been set free of those, those aspects of what you were raised in, the child-centeredness that you were characterized by. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because that, that is what we're, that is what will transition, um, you know, the, the next generation into, that's not something that they'll ever be known by. Right? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Um, all right. That, that's it for, for order. Um, that was such a good chapter. I mean, the first chapter, being able to ask questions first just brought even more clarity to, to all of just all of that and then even the wording of this right beginnings. You guys, we are just at the beginning and we want to make sure that we do it right. Right, um, so that it's sustainable and um, is something that will be multiplied uh, well and fully, and that foundation is shored up and strong. So, such a good chapter. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.